Well, Disney Plus launched The Bad Batch last week on May the 4th and gave us two episodes in one week. And we're gonna discuss it here today. And I'm gonna give you my review on those first two episodes and let you know what I think is the best part about this show. I'm Han and you're listening to Han Talks First. So who talks first? You talk first, I talk first. So last year, we wrapped the Clone Wars with the introduction of four new characters known as the Bad Batch, otherwise known as Clone Force 99. They're this motley crew of clones that have a 100% success rate and a special set of skills other than any other clone trooper. There's Hunter, Wrecker, Crosshair, Tech, and now the inclusion of Echo. This show was created by Jennifer Corbett and Dave Filoni and voiced by D. Bradley Baker, 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 and D. Bradley Baker. So The Bad Batch isn't so bad. It's a good show. I guess you could say a good batch. I gotta say, I was a little surprised. It had a really strong beginning. And this story is thrilling and mostly about not so much being a soldier or a clone trooper, but rather discovering your own individualism. Fun fact, I actually didn't watch any trailers before watching this show, so I went in completely dry and had a really fun experience, and I think that's what surprised me most about it, was it was way better than I expected, and it was just a fun time. So the show starts off at the beginning of Order 66, which is probably the most significant and tragic event during the prequel era, and we're introduced to a bunch of new characters in the first episode. Right off the bat, we're actually introduced to Caleb. And when the character first showed up on screen, it was like a little youngling. And I thought, oh my God, what if this is Kanan? And then I heard the name said multiple times after Caleb. And I was like, oh, it's not, it's not Kanan. But then I did a stream the next day with a friend of mine. And he pointed out that was Kanan. And it was just after this event is what caused him to change his name so that he could go into hiding a little bit better. And my mind was like, and I felt kind of stupid not putting it all together. And then as I thought about it, I realized, you know what? That was a grown man's voice in a youngling's body. It was Freddie Prince Jr. I should have caught on to that. But anyway, we get Caleb. I think we'll see more of him going through the show because I was really excited to have him back, you know, bringing in characters from Rebels, showing their past, showing their history, how they got to where they were. And Kanan is such a beloved character from the Rebels TV show, which is my favorite Star Wars animated show. So basically it's important that he's in the series because the moment we see him right at the beginning of the show, of this pilot episode, we see his master get killed by the effective clones. And it was at this moment that the Bad Batch realizes there is something wrong. The character Hunter is definitely the most conscious one of the Batch. But more than just being their leader, he is the heartbeat of this team. His compassion is so strong for Jedi and his fellow clones, and we might see that be one of his weaknesses going forward in this series. And of course, with his fondness and connection to the other new character introduced, Omega, I think that'll play a big part going forward as well. So let's talk about Omega, because this was a character that I heard people talking about before the episode dropped, and I didn't know anything about it because I didn't watch a trailer, but I got to see her for the first time in this series. Right away, I was a little hesitant because it was a new character and it was a child. And normally I'm not a big fan of child actors in live action, but because this was animated, I gave it a little bit more of a chance. And I'm really glad I did because the character Omega is really sweet. 
I think I'm really going to be fond of this character going forward, and I can't wait to see what role she plays. She's definitely one of the most intriguing new figures. And another reason why this character is so great is because she brings a whole new level of dynamic to this story and to the other characters surrounding her. One example is she's the last clone of an assembly, hence Omega. And I think this is so important because it's been hinted at that she is of significance. And I think we will see something of her be really relevant to the overall story going forward. That purpose is unknown, but I've seen a lot of people speculate that maybe she's force sensitive. I don't think that's a possibility, but we have seen that she possesses skill sets that other individual clones do have in the Bad Batch, and she kind of retains all of them in one character. Another really intriguing part about this character is it introduces a child into the time of war, gets her off planet of Kamino, interacts with adults that are similar to her in the clone aspect, but it might introduce new challenges for the Batch themselves, having not been around kids before. And of course, the connection I mentioned earlier between Hunter and Omega is really sweet. They are obviously connected very much so. It's kind of a fatherly relationship. And I think going forward, it shows the evolution of Hunter. It shows the evolution of the clones. And I can't wait to see where that journey takes them. We saw in episode two that he wanted her separated from the rest of them, but she was really attached and she considers them her family and wants to be with them on their adventures. And Hunter has to come and realize that and decides, I'm going to take you on. We're going to teach you everything we know. And you have a purpose here. We don't know what that purpose is, but there's something about you that we're going to see going forward. My favorite thing about Omega on screen was the last bit of episode one where we see them going to hyperspace. It's the first time she's leaving Camino, and we see her experience hyperspace for the first time and to see the reflection in her eyes and to get that feeling again of experiencing this Star Wars world for the first time through another character's eyes was really special. Because if you think about it, the last time we really focused on the special effect of hyperspace, it was in the original trilogy, in A New Hope. Part of the magic behind that is George Lucas's original approach to developing this special effect of the speed of light was not to draw too much attention to it but rather the lesser attention it gets, the more impactful it is because it seems like it's just another regular thing in that world and it will spark more joy out of us, the viewers. So I'm glad we got to see that in the show again. It was really cool. So real quick, before I tell you what I think the best part about this show is, I wanna talk about the animation style. Now, I'll be honest, I don't know much about animation. I do know some of the basics and my girlfriend's a big fan, so she teaches me a lot all the time. But I must say the animation of The Bad Batch is by far the best we've seen from Star Wars animation. Season seven of The Clone Wars was really, really good. It was very well done. But I think this show was a step up. We got to see texture like we've never seen before, especially on the faces of the Bad Batch characters. Not to mention the fluidity of the movement as well. Everything was so smooth and it was just so mapped out correctly considering camera, blocking, and interaction with the world and the environment around them. I couldn't help but wonder while watching this if this is the goal that George Lucas had in mind because he always wanted to push the boundary of special effects, animation, and movie making. And The Clone Wars was a very distinct style at the time when it came out. And we see it evolve as people like Dave Filoni take over and people after him and they start to get new directors and add new interests and 
influences on top of it and it really makes it a masterpiece in this style of animation. But there was some distinction from episode one and episode two. Episode one, I think, was planned to be like a feature film style animation with a bigger budget, with more effects, with more time, similar to how they kickstarted the Clone Wars all the way back when it first came out with their Star Wars Clone Wars movie. So the animation in the second episode was a little less par and a little less fluid, a little less more effects, less camera work. Needless to say, the quality is still there. It's still a very good show. I think they just put more of their attention on the budget towards the first episode to get that people's attention and let us see this is what Clone Wars can be. Oh, I forgot to mention the very beginning, the intro, when it shows the Clone Wars and then it, it like, burns around the edges and then it shows and it reveals the bad batch fantastic opening really love that okay here's what i think is the best part about the show and some of you might agree with me but i think it's the music like the animated shows before this it is scored by kevin kiner kevin kiner is an amazing musician also a guitarist i'm a guitarist myself so i always like connect with other guitarists in the world I've said for the longest time that I believe Kevin Kiner is the closest thing we have to John Williams in Star Wars music at this time. Don't get me wrong, Ludwig van Goresen is fantastic and the Mandalorian music is very special in its own right, but if we're talking about contemporary Star Wars music, orchestral leitmotif style Star Wars movie making, it's definitely Kevin Kiner. And the music in these episodes are just so powerful and it's so resonates with each individual character, each moment, all the tones, every feeling that's going on during this season. It's just really special. I found myself re-watching parts just so I could listen to the music and think, how did he do that? Why did he make those choices? Because everything just flows so perfect and it doesn't stand out, but it amplifies each and every scene. So there you have it. That's my review for the bad batch i'm excited to see where it goes it's a lot better than i expected it would be i can't wait to see where they go from here we have 16 episodes total so we have a great ride ahead of us who knows there could be a season two on the horizon but let's get through season one first see what they give us and then go from there just one last thing to mention after the show ended and it cut to the credits and it said created by dave filoni that made me smile because it really emphasized the master apprentice role that Dave Filoni had following George Lucas. And at the end of every Clone Wars episode, it said created by George Lucas. And now Dave Filoni gets that same stamp in his honor. And it just really shows that he's following in the creator's footsteps, which is just makes me happy. Okay, everybody, that's it for today. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, give it a like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tomorrow, we will be back with a live episode of the Han Talks First Show right here on the YouTube channel. Stop by, join the chat, see what other Star Wars news is going on in the world, and let's have some fun. And now somehow, some way, somewhere this week, may the Force be with you.